The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the fifth chapter. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be, may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him, except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child's not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Telepha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was about 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. In C.S. Lewis's novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the character Susan asks Mr. Beaver about Aslan that great lion 
who represents Christ. Susan confesses, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Mr. Beaver replies, Safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. The belief that God is safe at one level sounds very comforting. The problem, of course, is that the Gospels present an entirely different picture of our Lord. He is eminently unsafe. The woman in today's Gospel does not feel safe, even in the presence of the great physician who ultimately heals her. We know a great deal about her. Twelve years of uncontrollable bleeding, ineffective treatments from doctors, bankruptcy. These details confirm a sense of failure and frustration. She was not getting better. Her condition was growing worse. She was dying. This is a woman who cannot feel secure. She was a woman apparently single, with no man to advocate for her. And because of that bleeding, from a religious and cultural perspective, she was in a constant state of ritual uncleanness. She cannot safely approach Jesus. In the Gospels, this possibility that Jesus is not safe elicits two responses from people, either trying to fix him or to find rest in him as he fixes us. That first response is what we heard about in Mark's Gospel a few weeks back. After Jesus calls his disciples, he fraternizes with sinners, he cures the sick, he casts out demons, becomes a bit of a celebrity, pursued by the crowds. But Jesus' family cannot sit down to a meal together or get a single moment's peace. Everyone thinks he must be demon-possessed and unsafe, and consequently those closest to Jesus take matters into their own hands. Their plan for confronting Jesus is simple and straightforward. They try to seize him, to restrain him, and if this sounds familiar, it should, because it is our sinful strategy for approaching a Jesus who makes us feel unsafe. When we come face to face with our Lord's holiness, we realize how completely broken and compromised we are. We try to control Jesus, to make him small, insignificant, and then we put him on a cross, and then in a grave, all so that he does not interfere with our lives, or ruin our plans, or call us to a different way of life. If we can only reduce this Jesus and make him safe somehow, then we're free to live as if God did not matter and as if we mattered most. If we make this Jesus insignificant, then we do not need to worry about letting his love have its way with us. We don't have to admit that our love for others failed, and we can casually ignore those we've hurt and those we've failed to help. At the same time, our Lord Jesus, the Son of Man, knows us better than we know ourselves, and he recognizes our desire 
to see him as simple and safe, nothing more than a nice domesticated deity. And he calls us out. He will have none of it. Instead, our Lord Jesus, the Son of God, releases his unrelenting mercy and grace into our lives. And while this love reveals our inadequacies and our unworthiness, it also ironically does so safely, without our dying. This is the way we realize that we will not fix him, rather he must fix us. While the woman in today's gospel does not see Jesus as safe, she doesn't try to control him. Instead, she secretly, silently, touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and he responds with healing. Our Lord's question, who touches my clothes? It's not an accusation, but rather an opportunity for the woman and him to come together to rejoice together. When she touches him, Jesus makes her into someone new. He not only heals her physical affliction, but he also confirms her faith. So likewise, today we come into our Lord's presence in faith, and we touch him. We kneel before his holy, divine presence, and we tell him the whole truth of our horrific and broken lives. And he touches us back with his healing power. At the waters of the baptismal font, on our lips as we receive his body and blood, in our ears as we hear the words of holy absolution. He continues here and now to bestow his gifts from the cross and then extend his love throughout our vocations to touch and love and care for the needs of the many hurting people that he will bring into our lives on a daily basis. Like this woman, we know too well that safety will always elude us. Still, it is best to come face to face with our Savior, as we do today, humbled by the fact that our bodies and our lives will betray us and only promise death. And while we acknowledge that we possess nothing in ourselves, no status, no rights, no claims, no hope, we discover again today, like this woman, that Jesus comes to us to take our sin and our death on himself and freely give us his righteousness and the gift of eternal life. For one day, very soon, he will touch the hem of our burial garments. He will raise us in our bodies to reign with him. And on that blessed day, he will show us that our faith, the good work he began in us and continues this very day in us, has healed us of all that corrupts our lives. This lets us live and die and live again in his peace, because this Savior has done all things well. He has made us well. Because of our Savior's touch, today we rest in his comforting gifts. And while our King never promises us that he is safe, we certainly find in this world, and it will be confirmed in the world to come, that he is most certainly good. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.